Welcome to the Psych 101 Podcast. I'm your host, Luke D. Maxwell, and today I am so excited to have a special guest, Shannon Jacquard. Shannon is the CEO and co-founder of Ballast Health and the former CEO of NAMI San Diego National Alliance for Mental Illness. We funny story, we met about two years ago um, mm-hmm. over over lunch. And we were talking about mental health, what each of us were doing. And then by almost accident, we reconnected through Instagram. And now we're here filming this podcast, which I'm so excited about. So for people questioning social media and its worth, it brought about this great interview. So Shannon, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. Great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. So, so just jump right in. Ballast Health. Why did you start this and what's your vision for it? So uh, at NAMI San Diego, I had developed a lot of peer-based programs. So using people's personal experiences to help other individuals uh, on their own personal road to recovery as well as family members. And a lot of times we get a lot of calls, you know, people are in crisis, they just need somebody else to talk to you. A mother who has not shared with any of her other friends or family what her son or daughter is going through, and she really needs to talk to another mom or dad. And same with someone who's dealing with a mental health challenge, that it's helpful to speak to another person who's been there, done that, who's been maybe even picked up by the police at some point and put in the back of a cop car and taken to a hospital. Right. That's a unique experience that needs a unique touch. So from the programs that we've developed, what I wanted to do is take it to a broader base. And in fact, something even that can be done internationally. So Ballast Health is using that same human connection, uh, but amplifying it via technology sort of thing. So we're, we're really in the beginning. We've just kind of built out the technology right now. But I know there is a ton of excellent peer and family members that will become wonderful coaches to people throughout the nation. So That's- I'm excited. Yeah, that's great. And, and again, like totally like I and the reason I formed You Can't Be Racist is because people need support. And I, and I see this reoccurring theme is that people need support. People need support. And people like you, people like my other guests and myself have decided to say, hey, we're going to be that support for them because that's something that's not really out there, unfortunately. What's the core around Ballast Health? What's what what is what are you offering to people that sign up with you? So unfortunately, we can't take people yet. So we're just still kind of finalizing the technology. But what we will be offering is this one-to-one coaching. So if you uh, need support on what resources are in your community, if you have a loved one, maybe that was taken to jail, what are those next steps? Mm -hmm. How do you get the medicine if that's what they need? Um, How do you visit all that good stuff? Uh, how do you go through any other social channels? How do you move forward in your recovery? So really, it's just taking, in a way, it's kind of like case management and social mm-hmm. working, but using the peer voice only. So it's uh, definitely not in the therapy side of the world. It's just one-to-one, been there, done that, let's help you. Exactly. And it's available through their phones, right? So they can text right. back and forth with, with their, that's, mm-hmm. that's great. That's great. I've seen, yeah. I've seen things like this before, but mm-hmm. I've never seen quite this peer base. I've seen different therapies based on texting and I'm always like, wait, what, you know, therapy mm-hmm. by text. That's interesting. Right. <laughs> but I mean, but, but peers, you know, as a friend, you could, you can yeah. be there for them through text, which is absolutely great. 
So this is where it's starting right now. Do you have mm-hmm. a big vision for this? I know this is a big question, but mm-hmm. um, the reason I ask is because when people are depressed and people are going through mental health challenges, as you know, is that they can feel stuck and they can feel like there's nothing in their future. So mm-hmm. with seeing people take action because of this and then have a bright future ahead of them, what, what would you say that your bright future is? So, so a couple things. So one is, I want to also be clear that our coaches will be paid as well. So our peers and family members that go through their trainings, uh, all that good stuff, we're adding some very special trainings to our program that isn't added into other people's programs, but they will all be paid and it will be set up in a way so that it's basically you are having your own business. So say you need to stay on SSI for whatever reason you choose, that is uh, a goal, but you also want to work. So you can choose that you can only coach up to the amount of money that you could make in and stay on SSI, which is normally around 600 a month. Um, but the point that I'm trying to make is that it's as important to the coach who gets employment in their own recovery as it is to the people that they're coaching. So it is a two-pronged kind of approach for, for keeping in our mental health recovery as well. And I totally believe in the value of the lived experience, and therefore it should be paid as a respected position. But then I, what I see is that I have connections and support through some other work that I'm doing in India in other places in the world that are also needing mental health services. And since it's technology bound, we can really be anywhere. So for me, the sky is the limit. Um, I'm really excited. And that's the beauty of technology is that the sky is the limit. There is no physical barriers to it. And being in the mental health field is not exactly, doesn't just happen. And it's unfortunately, it's not as common as it should be. How did you get involved in mental health advocacy? So when my brother was 19, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and that really took our whole family into a different realm. Originally, we thought some of the behaviors he was exhibiting was more drug and alcohol, which I think a lot of families actually believe. Mm -hmm. First of all, Um, there's a lot less stigma when it comes to drug and alcohol than there is mental illness and especially schizophrenia. So we went like the typical family, one route, and then they came back and said, no, his behaviors were, were exhibiting more than just drug and alcohol issues. So at the time, what happened to him is that his illness isolated him from everybody. He lost all of his friends, even though he was voted class clown. And I tried to actually match him up with some friends through mentorship programs in San Diego, but nobody would take him. His illness was actually a deterrent to any other program. So I I started an organization that provided this one-to-one friendship, and then that brought me to NAMI, and then, you know, mental health advocacy since then has taken over my life. (laughs) Right, and I mean, and the thing is, like, something like that, that's not good at all, and it's, you know, it's a bad experience, and you took that and you said... I want to do something. I want to make something good out of it, which is mm-hmm. I, what I'm all about is taking bad things and turning them into something good. And yeah. would, would you, what would you say when we're, cause not, it's not easy for people to do this. So mm-hmm. as far as your mentorship program goes, um, what are some of the, what are some of the things that, you know, that you would train with your mentors to help them, help these people overcome their challenges, but also not be held back by the past. Do you do individual training Mm -hmm. and you train your coaches? Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. So all the coaches are definitely go through a training on mindfulness exercises, self-care, using your experience uh, to empower another person to walk through their journeys. We're not telling them what to do. We are empowering mm-hmm. another to take on whatever it is that benefits them in their recovery journey. So I think that's very important that that's clear. Uh, so there's, there's, it's about, I want to say 20 hours of just training for the peer family coaches. And then this particular group, we're actually adding on another about 20 hours of training to do a little bit more around the holistic care of somebody yes. who's in, the, who's going through mental health recovery. Yeah. Right. Which, yeah. Is, which is great. And cause right. Healing, not just healing the mind saying, but having yeah. a whole look at it and say, okay, mm-hmm. what's wrong. What can we do to fix it? Not just in the mind. Um, right. and the thing, and the thing about to go back uh, with schizophrenia is that it's, it, there's such a huge, even in the mental health yeah. field, people who work yeah. in mental health, mm-hmm. there's such a stigma against schizophrenia. Could you mm-hmm. explain to us what it is and kind of, demystify it? You know, you know, so I have staff who are at NAMI, I had staff who had schizophrenia and they would mm-hmm. prefer to say I have drug induced psychosis because again, drug and alcohol mm-hmm. is, is you has less stigma or it's, mm-hmm. I have bipolar disorder that has psychosis, a part of it. Mm-hmm. What I say back is, you know what, honestly, the actual name of the illness doesn't matter. It's the symptom that you're dealing with that is preventing you from living the life that you want that is problematic. So for my brother, it wasn't really uh, what you traditionally thought of as schizophrenia that was problematic for him. It was high levels of anxiety. That was his biggest issue was anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, and I always would tell the doctors that, but the word schizophrenia just travels with somebody over time. It's just right. like impossible to erase, even if that's the wrong diagnosis. And it also kind of seems to get thrown at people if they're not quite sure uh, exactly what it is. So schizophrenia on one hand could be that you're hearing voices, you're having delusions um, of grandeur or some other thought process kind of issues. And the other part of it is more of the flat affect, uh, not being able to tell facial expressions, not using body language as well. So those are kind of some of the symptoms that you might see over time. Uh, you know, I will say, going back to kind of what we were talking about with my brother, that so I have got ballast going on, but the other project I'm also really working on is the siblings group. Okay. So I think um, I think siblings sometimes can be per- the perpetuators of stigma, quite frankly, because they are the ones that are experiencing some anger. Um, you know, the parents generally has focused on the other child, and then they feel left out, and there's unresolved anger issues that they haven't worked on. I cannot tell you over my decade at NAMI how many siblings have fallen apart in my arms because it's been 20 or 30 years. They have not talked to their brother or sister because of this held on anger that they've you know, had. They've had children without uncles or without aunts, and now it's too late. And, you know, they're, they realize this. So I'm trying to do is kind of bring out the sibling experience in this and get our voices heard so that other siblings can kind of stay connected. That's great. And yeah. because, yeah, because I mean, siblings, it's not just like, like you said, just because they have a, a brother or sister with some kind of mental illness doesn't mean they know what to do or what's going on or how right. to act. Um, right. Most of the time, right, they're so close. And I know with my siblings is that they had a really hard time, you know, just 
accepting and be like, whoa, what's going on? Like what's happening? Mm-hmm. Like how and why all of a sudden this is, this is it. Like this is who you are. And we are finding out all this. And so I think that I love that. And that's great. Are you doing that sibling program through Ballast Health or is that through a separate, a separate program project? It's, actually, it's a separate project. So when my, so my brother was killed and mm-hmm. after he was killed, I had started writing a book just on kind of my experience as being the older sister to somebody with schizophrenia, but I, it was too soon after his death and everything was really negative. So of course. I needed to get to a place where I could be more positive. And so what I'm doing now is I'm interviewing other siblings and, because my story is never going to be positive in the sense of what happened to him, but it will be positive in the sense of our relationship. But I also want to bring in other sibling stories as well so that siblings just, they need something to read, to connect with, to know that they're not alone with 80% of families having more than one child and one in four families having somebody with a mental illness. There's a lot of siblings mm-hmm. that are feeling very left out of this conversation, quite frankly. Right. So it's a book. Um, okay. Um, and it's a blog as well. So I just did my first blog. Actually, it's coming out on the mighty soon. This is oh, very online. nice. Oh yeah. 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 I love, I love the mighty. They're great. They put out so much yeah. great content. Congratulations yeah. on that. That's great. Yeah. And I, and I, and I absolutely love that. And I, I mean that I I can imagine, like I'm right now, I'm just like trying to find words because my mind is just going, thinking of (laughs) all like the people that could be helped by that, that I know personally, my friends who have siblings with different mental illnesses, that would be absolutely great. I cannot wait for that. Um, Just to wrap up, I mean, it's everything, everything is absolutely wonderful. And uh, where can people find out more about Ballast Health and maybe even contact you? Sure. So for Ballast Health, it's just the website is www.ballasthealth.com. And then for me in the blog on siblings, it's under my name. So it's www.shannonjacard with two C's. So that's J-A-C-C-A-R-D.com. So you can find all that stuff there. Yeah. That is great. Thank you so much. And just to close, I uh, want to close with this quote that I found on your Instagram, which is which is great. Uh, and, I, and I saw this and I started laughing. Because, <laughs> and yes. Oh, I loved it. So here's what it says. It says, be a pineapple, stand <laughs> tall, wear a crown and be sweet on the inside. Okay. I love it. They're on so many levels, so many reasons. <laughs> Thank you so much, Shannon, for coming on, for sharing your story and for giving yeah. us this information. I hope you have a great rest of your week. Take care. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to the Psych 101 podcast with my special guest, Shannon Jacquard. All the links will be at psych podcast, psych101podcast.com. Find all the links there. Connect with Shannon there. Remember, being ashamed, staying ashamed. <laughs>